0: Hello, and welcome to Healthy Bites, an all-encompassing podcast about your health from the Audrain County Health Department. Each week, we hope the information you hear on this show from a variety of experts in Audrain County, the state of Missouri, and the world will positively impact your health and your health decisions. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to give us a listen. Now, on with the show with your host, Chris Newbrough.
1: Thanks and welcome to another edition of the Healthy Bites podcast here at the Audrey County Health Department. I'm your host, Chris Nubra, and joining me today, since we're close to the holidays for 2023, I thought I'd bring in somebody to talk about some financial health. And I got Sarah Maru. She is the Vice President, Community Outreach Officer and you Director for Central Bank, here in Central Missouri. Sarah, how are you?
2: I am doing well, sir. How are you? Did
1: I get that right? You did. You did. (laughs) Yay. Handful of titles there. Handful of titles there. But I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. Sarah, kind of, it's a long title. There's a couple titles there. What do you do? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So I run Central Bank of Boone County's Prosper U program, which, which is, is a free yep. financial literacy program open to everyone in our community, focusing on demystifying some of the financial process. Uh, okay. Kind of think about all the things that we should have learned in maybe high school or college and we never learned about money. In
1: those life skills courses and stuff you like that. You got it. Yep, yep. So I
2: help people do everything from create a budget, improve their credit, learn more about buying a car or a house. Uh, really cool program that is uh, completely sponsored by Central Bank of Boone County.
1: Very cool. Now, as far as community outreach, what do you do there?
2: Absolutely. So our program has a few different facets. So with it, we do classes in the evenings. Oh. Those are open to all of our community. I also do free one-on-one financial appointments. So you want to come and talk to somebody about your budget, we can right. do that. And then the community outreach portion, I go into nonprofits, schools, businesses, and teach financial literacy courses there.
1: And everything that, like, if if they're, if they're worried about it, like, they come and talk to you about their budget and stuff like that, all confidential.
2: All confidential and all free.
1: There we go. There we go. Now I brought you in today because, as I said in the open, we're getting into the holidays, um, and there's a lot of stuff out there that people may think, oh, it's the holidays, you know, it may be a good thing to do. I wanted to talk about some some some. Missteps to avoid. Uh, I guess one of the biggest things is right now going on is scams that are that are out there. What kind of scams come around the holiday season?
2: You got it. So during the holiday season, it is essential to be super cautious and aware of the various scams that are out there. <laughs> you know, some of the most common ones right now, online shopping scams. Uh. So be wary of websites offering deals that seem too good to be true. Because they
1: usually are. (laughs) (laughs) Stick to (laughs) reputable
2: retailers and be cautious with unfamiliar sites. You know, make sure to look for those secure payment options and really verify that legitimacy before making a purchase. Yeah, that's
1: what I was going to ask: was how can you make sure that this is a verifiable site that you're going to?
2: Great question. So that HTTPS mm-hmm. is the important part. That's the secure. If you're putting any personal information or financial information in there, make mm-hmm. sure it also has the lock up top. Okay, and that's the padlock too. You got it. And this is
1: in the address bar. You got it. It'd be on the very left hand side. You got it. <laughs>
2: Seems I'm, like you've seen this I, once before. I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs>
1: um as far as, you know, you you find something and you think it's you think it's a good deal and you you've you got the you know, the S and everything like that. Um but there's a lot of phishing that goes on out there. Can you talk about that in the emails especially? It's you know, they send ph- what they call phishing emails.
2: Absolutely. Actually, phishing, vishing, and smishing are the three <laughs> terms now. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Exactly. We've got text messages, phone calls, uh, and those emails as well. And really, we want to be aware that those can pretend to be legitimate businesses and organizations. Right. So, for example, recent scam involves receiving a text message that appears to come from UPS or FedEx. Not Mm -hmm. sure if you've gotten one of those or not. I have. Says that your package can't be delivered. But there's no package to be had. So the link takes you to a (laughs) website to put in your personal or financial information. But all you're doing is putting it into a scammer's hands. Yeah, because,
1: I mean, you you, you think, okay, yeah, I've got something coming by Mm -hmm. Amazon. What are ways that you can check to make sure that that's not the package you're talking about? Absolutely.
2: Avoid clicking on any links that you see in, unfortunately, emails or text messages. Best piece of advice is to go out and do some research on your own. Go to UPS's website. Go to FedEx's website. Look up your package number and Mm -hmm. do some tracking that way. Okay. Those organizations and businesses are not going to ask for that really detailed financial information. So be skeptical when they ask for it.
1: Right. Okay. Um, As far as are there there scams in person? Are, Are they still doing telephone calls saying, hey... You know, I've got a great deal for you.
2: Yeah. So we see those uh, a lot, especially right now with charity scams. There we go. So fraudulent charities tend to surface during the holidays. Verify the legitimacy of charitable organizations before donating. Don't feel pressured to donate on the spot. Instead, take some time to research. Ensure your contribution is going to a genuine cause.
1: Gotcha. Okay, let's move away from scams. We talked about it pretty much. Um, Let's move towards more personal finance as far as, uh, man, it's Christmas. My kid wants this. (laughs) My kid wants that. And I'm going to feel guilty if I don't get that. So I'm going to take out this credit card. Mm. And I'm I'm just going to get it. I'll pay for it
2: later. Sure.
1: Why is that a bad idea?
2: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about some keys to financial wellness during Mm -hmm. the holidays. And really, the stress of the holiday season can be compounded when many families feeling financially strapped during this time of year as well. Right. So according to a recent Forbes survey on American holiday spending, over a third of respondents anticipate spending more this holiday season than last year. Wow! With budgets even tighter than before, that makes it easy to overspend. Right. So maintaining financial wellness during the holidays can be challenging with increased spending and the pressure, but there are some keys to help you manage that. I think one of the greatest pieces of advice that I give is review your budget and set healthy holiday spending boundaries. Okay. Determine how much you can afford to spend on gifts, decorations, travel, and other holiday-related expenses – and stick to the budget so you don't overspend. <laughs> That's the hard part.
1: It is. How, uh, what, what is a good, is there a good percentage level that you should look at of your budget? No matter what your budget is, uh, overall budget, is there a good percentage level you should stick to?
2: Yeah, so some good financial advice is following what's called a 50-30-20 budget. Okay. 50% of your money should be spent on your needs. 30% of your money should be spent on wants and 20% should be set aside for savings. Yeah. So if we consider Christmas or holiday spending in that want level, mm-hmm. we also mm-hmm. have to keep in mind all of the other wants that we have every month too. So eating out, subscriptions, all of that counts as extra and falls in that bucket. So making sure that our holiday spending doesn't exceed that on top of it.
1: Gotcha. Is there? Is there, uh, I mean, I, I guess... If you have like, uh, let's say, a ten thousand dollar budget each month, I mean, I'm just, I'm not many people do. That's, that's a bad example. Let's go with two thousand okay. dollars. Okay, that's more in line of 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 what Americans have. Uh, two thousand dollars a month is your budget. So you're saying a thousand of that should be for, uh, uh,
2: for our needs. For
1: our needs, and then so thirty percent would be what. <laughs> Hi. Seven hundred and fifty dollars, I think it is, seven hundred dollars. You're gonna make me math today. I, I'm gonna to make you math. <laughs> Not mad, math.
2: Six hundred dollars $600 to be our
1: thirty percent. You got it. Yeah. So so the the that's a good that's a good rule to stick
2: it's with. It's a rule of thumb. Yeah. Obviously as our needs get more expensive, something has to give. Right. I see a lot of my clients give on the savings portion, though, oh. and that's the one that we don't want to cut back on if we can. It's hard to cut back on wants, and it's hard to tell ourselves no, Yeah, but our financial futures really say that we should focus on saving, setting aside some money, kind of moving forward. Is there is
1: there a way that you can, uh, you can cut back on your needs? I mean— it- you know, it's kind of a—I know it's an open-ended question, kind of there, but—but is there a way?
2: You know, you can always negotiate bills where you can, but housing, transportation, food, mm-hmm. utilities—sometimes mm-hmm. those are pretty fixed costs. Yeah. So, you know, some ways that you can consider cutting back. Think about roommates. Think about. Uh, yeah. You know, reducing your grocery expense through meal planning. Mm-hmm. Look at ways that you can lower the energy bill. Maybe
1: Or buy an it... off-brand groceries. Buy off-brand, yeah. absolutely. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, lowering your utility bills by keeping the air maybe a little bit higher or the heat a little bit lower. Right, right. All options, you know, anything that you can do to make a dent. Mm-hmm. I'm all about making sure that our dollars have jobs. So every dollar that we can create in our budget, we can put to another job.
1: I like that. Dollars have jobs. Never thought of it that way. Um, Okay, so when when you're out shopping and you're in the store, what are some good things to tell yourself to, hey, I can't do this right now, and stop yourself?
2: Great question. So when it comes to holiday spending, some Mm -hmm. advice that I have for that. First, make a gift list. So create a list of people you want to buy gifts for and set a spending limit for each that fits within your budget. Consider thoughtful and creative gifts that fit within your budget.
1: (laughs) I'm sensing a theme here.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Look for deals and discounts. Take advantage of sales, discounts. Timing of shopping can matter. A lot uh, of stores during this time of year offer sales and Mm -hmm. discounts. Mm -hmm. Shop those when you can. But keep in mind that 20% off of something that you don't need is still 80% more than you should have spent in the first place.
1: 20% off of what you don't need is 80% more. <laughs> I like that. Wow. that's a, Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and
2: avoid impulse spending. Stick to your list. Mm-hmm. Avoid making impulse purchases. Take time to think before buying non-essential items to ensure they align with our budget and our needs.
1: Yep, my grandma always said looking's
2: free. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I also think a practical piece of advice that I do myself, if Mm -hmm. you are a uh, aisle wanderer, you know, the kind of person that walks down all of the aisles, or you have that tendency to have impulse purchase, Uh shop without a cart. So go in and don't pick up a cart. Don't pick up a basket. It is more difficult to walk around the entire store with a bunch of things in your hands. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you're more
2: likely to get in and get out and maybe spend a little bit less.
1: Right, so, okay, as far as, we talked about your spending levels and stuff like that, what about uh, teaching your kids as far as as, as, same, same thing applies?
2: Absolutely. I think the biggest thing with kids and money is just communicating. Sometimes kids have different expectations than what we're able to do Mm -hmm. just because we haven't let them in on what a money situation looks like. Right. So to them, a PS5 is just a few hundred dollars. Right. But when it's that or keeping the lights on or right. groceries in the fridge, a few hundred dollars makes a big difference.
1: How do you make that how do you make that explanation to that kid though? I mean, you just got to be practical with them.
2: Yeah, I think it's important that kids understand the practicality of money. You know, I know that my grandma always talked about the value of a dollar. <laughs> right. It's important to pass that on yeah. so kids really understand exactly what that spending means. In terms of holiday shopping too, prioritizing experiences Over Hmm. gifts can be a good way that you can keep kids engaged without also ending up with a bunch of toys around the house, too.
1: And if you delay it by saying, Hey, your Christmas gift is going to Disney World in June. Exactly. You got time to save. You got it. (laughs) Okay, so uh, what about as far as, uh, you know, I know buying the latest PS5 is the greatest thing in the world, and (laughs) you're going to be Super Parent of the Year, but what about buying your kids'? stocks and bonds i mean is that a good investment
2: yeah absolutely anytime that you can put some money aside for Uh your children's future you are doing them an absolute favor I remember for years and years as a kid, I would always get savings bonds, and that would be the one thing I opened on Christmas morning that you're like, oh, gosh, another <laughs> oh, savings bond. <laughs> yeah. But when my wedding rolled around mm-hmm. and it was time to cash those bonds out, boy, was I grateful for the forethought that they had yeah. to get those for me.
1: Right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, be like getting clothes for Christmas. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Oh, great. Thanks to the underwear. Right.
1: <laughs> but you appreciate them later. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so the holidays come and go what you know a lot of people use credit cards and that's good because you get the instant gratification of buying it right then but then the bill comes in so how can you plan for that
2: yeah so you know just kind of thinking for the new year the holidays have come and Mm -hmm. gone and maybe you're thinking about some new year's money resolutions i've said it before and i'm gonna say it again Creating and utilizing a monthly budget is Mm. huge to make sure that you are able to weather those credit card payments. So a budget helps create some financial stability by tracking expenses and following a plan. A budget makes it easier to pay your bills on time, build an emergency fund, and plan and save for those big expenses that perhaps you would have put on credit. I am absolutely not anti-credit. I think it is a useful tool that we can use to leverage our money. However, paying high interest and fees is a quick way to get yourself in financial trouble. So I'm all about using a credit card to gain rewards or points, but paying it off every month and owing no interest is the way to go about it.
1: What kind of interest should you look for for a a credit card that, that you should use? Is there, is there a good interest?
2: <laughs> you know, that's a tough question because in my world, I try to get clients to completely pay off their credit cards each month. Uh-huh. If you don't carry a balance, you don't owe any interest. Right. So the interest rate could be 1000 and it won't <laughs> matter because we've paid it off every month. Right. I think it's important to balance the interest rate with what you're looking to do. So the interest rate maybe matters less if we don't plan on carrying a balance or don't need to. Maybe Mm -hmm. we're focusing more on rewards or points, ways to maximize our dollars. Interest rate matters a little bit less. Mm -hmm. But if we are needing to carry a balance, that's when we do need to shop around and see what cards we can find at the best rate or that are most advantageous to what we're looking to do. Maybe like a low balance transfer rate or introductory annual percentage rate. Maybe those are important to us in that instance.
1: Right. Okay. Um, So I I, I guess what I'm hearing is it's not a good idea to rely on your credit cards to get you through the holidays.
2: There are times, and (laughs) I know, that we have to use credit cards to weather the storm, to make it over the hump and get through. Sure. But always having a plan any time that you swipe a credit card, knowing how we're going to pay it off, how quickly, and what that looks like for our monthly budget. A lot of my clients and people in general swipe our credit card, and we don't even think twice about that. What payment's going to look like later? Right. But we really have to do the math on it and see. Okay, the minimum payment's twenty five. That means I'll be paying on this for five years, or can my budget handle seventy five, and I'll have this paid off in a few months.
1: Right. Right. Um, I guess you know. Also, what about some New Year's resolutions? Can you make Can you make some New Year's resolutions that that help you in June, July, August?
2: Absolutely. I think some major New Year's resolutions that I want to see people implement. Mm -hmm. Set a savings goal and take steps to achieve it. So for your New Year's resolution, set a savings goal for the year, whether it's for a specific purchase, a vacation, down payment on a house. State your goal, specify how much you want to save, and track your progress over time. Separate your savings money from your spending money. Mm -hmm. Combining the two makes it pretty difficult to reach those goals, so make sure to open a separate account to track your progress. Set a deadline. It keeps you motivated and helps you stay on track when saving each month. Everyone gets overwhelmed when I say, we're going to save $1,000 this year. (laughs) But in reality, we want to break that into bite-sized pieces. That's $83 a month. Mm -hmm. We could have $1,000 by this time next year if we just set aside $83 a month. Or twenty dollars a week. Yeah, how many times do you waste twenty dollars a week?
1: <laughs> Every week. I might have already
2: done it this morning, <laughs> right? Right? Uh, right. So automate that savings. Get out of your way. Make it so that you can set some money aside, so that future you has some cushion set aside. Yeah,
1: that's the that and that's the thing I love about auto payment is you make this you set it and it hurts for like a second. Whereas if you do it every month, it hurts every month. But here, you don't even remember that you said it. You know, you just, oh, yeah, that came out. Okay, good.
2: Or most people forget <laughs> to even do it. Right. A lot of people spend until the end and then save the rest. Well, wow. there's nothing left over at that point.
1: So you're saying save at the beginning.
2: Absolutely. There's a principle called pay yourself first. Okay. Treat yourself and your savings like your most important bill. Make sure it's the first thing that you pay each month. We'll work a lot harder to make sure that maybe our eating out gets taken care of at the end of the month, but we don't work very hard to make sure that we set some money aside for ourselves. Nice. Okay. (laughs) Anything else? Yeah. uh, Make a plan to tackle your debt. Debt can feel super overwhelming, and a top New Year's resolution for many is to pay off debt. With consumer debt at an all-time high, Mm -hmm. 2024 is a great year to look at how we can pay it down. There's some good strategies, and, of course, they all start with a budget. <laughs> but choosing a repayment strategy like debt snowball or debt avalanche allows you to really focus your dollars to make sure that you're prioritizing your primary debt while handling all the others.
1: What about the Dave Ramsey way of, of, of you know, with the debt? Paying off a small bill and then in increasing the size of the bills that you pay off. Is that a good plan?
2: Yeah, so there's two different options. It's called debt snowball and debt avalanche. Okay. During debt snowball, you list all of your debts out from the smallest to the largest. Mm-hmm. Throw all your extra money at the smallest debt while paying minimums on all the others. Okay. So we get the smallest debt paid off, we then roll to the second smallest debt. And take the
1: money that you used on the small debt and apply it to the bigger debt. You got it. Okay. So by
2: the time that we're paying on larger debts, hopefully we have a larger amount each month that's going toward it, hence the snowball part. Okay. Great option. It's really good for people that are list-oriented. Okay. You want to scratch something off the list, get a small, nagging debt out of the way, this is the plan for you. Gotcha. Then you've got the banker's favorite called Avalanche. You list out all your debts from the highest interest rate to the lowest interest rate. Principle doesn't matter. We focus as many extra... Principle
1: doesn't matter.
2: Right. We don't focus on whether it's small or large. We're focusing on listing our debts out based on interest rate alone. So I'm going to focus all those extra dollars to my highest interest rate debt while paying minimums on all of the others. Never miss a minimum payment. Right. Easy way to kill your credit. Right. Right. But we're going to focus those extra dollars to cutting into the interest expense that we're having. Hopefully that way we're able to save a few pennies on the backside with paying the larger interest rate debts first.
1: Interesting. Hadn't heard of the avalanche way. Yeah, it's really
2: good for people that are really uh, detail-oriented, focused on saving every dollar that they can. But there's really no wrong way as long as you are prioritizing a primary debt and focusing your extra money toward that debt. I was
1: going to say, it, this is a matter of preference, and it's not a matter of this is a better plan than the other one.
2: Not at all. The best plan is the one you're going to stick to.
1: Nice. Okay. Uh, what about as far as, um, you know, we, we pay stuff down and oh, boom, we go in the hospital. Mm. We get medical bills. Um. How I, I understand that there's some talk out there, and I don't know if it, if it's been uh, put into play yet, but that the the credit reports aren't going to show medical bills anymore. Um, is that is that coming? Is that is that a thing?
2: So there's been a lot of talk on what that is going to look like. Yeah. So over the last year, they have made changes to medical debt and credit reporting. Mm-hmm. Some of the major changes include that it no longer gets reported to credit until you're 180 days past due. Okay. For a lot of people, we were getting bills in the mail right at that 180-day mark. Right. So things were reporting to credit before you even had a chance to pay them.
1: Yep. That's where I was going, actually. That's a huge
2: positive step forward. (laughs) Right. Other forms that I'm seeing is when a medical debt is paid off, a collection is paid off, it is removed from the credit report. That's a change from traditional collections that typically stay on your credit for seven years. Okay. So I think we'll continue to see changes when it comes to medical collections and reporting as well. Okay. And I think the positive thing here is just to make sure that you do have a plan in place for how you may handle some of that moving forward. A lot of hospitals, doctor's offices will allow payment plans. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to avoid it going to collections when you can. Also, hopefully a way that we can manage it within our monthly budget.
1: Right, right. So, okay, so I'm hearing, yeah, that that uh, it's, it's, it's kind of fluid. It, it's they're, they're working on it maybe some more changes coming soon you got it got it okay um and then also explain this to me because this happened to me and I just realized it I was like what happened I I paid off a loan Mm. and all of a sudden my credit nosedived my credit score nosedived what happened there
2: I knew exactly where you were going with that (laughs) So your score is based on five factors. The number one piece of your score, 35%, is payment history. Okay. Did you make at least the minimum payments on time? This doesn't have anything to do with paying it off. This is all about did you pay your monthly bills. Right. Second one messes a lot of people up. 30% of your score is utilization. This deals with lines of credit, credit cards, cash reserves, home equities, things where you have a set limit. Mm-hmm. You use it, you pay it down, you can use it again. hmm so when I say, hey, don't max out your credit cards, what's that sound like to you?
1: Uh, don't max out your credit card. I mean, you know, it, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm...
2: Don't go all the way to the top, right? Oh, OK, OK. So for most people, you think, <laughs> all right, I've got a $1,000 credit limit. I'm not going to spend up to $1,000. OK, OK. But in credit world, that's actually not true we don't want to see you spending more than 30% of your limit.
1: Wow, Okay.
2: We don't want you to roll that over month to month. So it's one thing if you use it up during the month and pay it off all the way before it's reported. But if you're consistently carrying a balance that's greater than 30% of your limit, you're actually hurting your score. The next one, which probably got you with paying off your debt, 15% of your score is based on the age of your credit history. Okay. So as we close credit cards or we pay debts off, the average age of our credit does get reduced. Hmm. So it's all about playing the long game, making sure that we have the right mix of credit and that things are staying open. And when we pay things off, we don't drastically reduce the average age of our credit. Okay. The next two are 10% apiece. First one is credit mix. So are you able to handle different types of obligations? Can I pay a credit card and an auto loan at the same time? Can I handle my student loans and a mortgage payment? We get points if we're able to juggle more effectively. Okay. So if you pay off a car loan and all you have left is one credit card, well, we may have reduced our credit mix. Hmm. Then the last one is new credit inquiries. So anytime you apply for something new, you might see a slight dip in your credit. This is because they're looking at your activity and seeing, okay, is he taking out a new loan? Is he going to have a new payment? So we'll typically see anywhere from 5 to 25 points each time you apply for something new. Okay. So don't be surprised if you go apply for that new car loan and wonder why your score has gone down. Right.
1: Okay. So um, I'm hearing, am I hearing correctly? It's good to keep, you know, like if you pay off a loan, is it okay? are Are you... I don't know how to ask this. Are you advocating keeping a line of credit open with the place that you paid the loan off at?
2: So or? it's all about maintaining your credit file. Okay. So let's say you do pay off that car loan. That's yeah. awesome. We want car loans paid off. Okay. But we need to be mindful of our credit mix. Okay. So do you also have, for example, a credit card that's keeping your credit file open with good positive payments every month? That's a way to maintain your score. Unfortunately, with credit, we don't get to just rest on our laurels. Right. Instead, we have to constantly build and maintain every month.
1: Okay. All right. Great advice. <laughs> That's great advice. And it's kind of the advice you don't want to hear, but you've got to hear, you know.
2: <laughs> it's a good thing to pay off those loans, but right. credit's like chess. You yeah. need to be thinking a few moves ahead all the time.
1: All right. Sarah, thank you so much for coming in.
2: Absolutely, Chris. Thanks for having great, me.
1: Greatly appreciated. appreciate it. That is Sarah Maru. She is the vice president of community outreach officer and prosper you director at Central Bank in Columbia. She's based out of, but she handles all of central bank locations in mid Missouri. Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much.
1: All right. That is uh, Sarah Maru, as I said, and this is the Healthy Bites Podcast here at the Audrey County Health Department. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you again.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Audrain County Health Department's Healthy Bites Podcast. We hope you will join us again next week as we bring you more discussion on health matters affecting Audrain County residents and the world with your host, Chris Newbrah. If you liked what you heard here, you can find out more information on our website, myachd.org. That's myachd.org.